0: The following sermon is from Christ Church Port Orange. For more information, find us online at joinwithJesus.org. Thanks for listening. I want to look to a New Testament passage this morning, Ephesians chapter one. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. If you have your phone app, you can scroll there. It will be on the overhead. And I want to draw your attention to a section of Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus that highlights the Power and the implications of the resurrection of Jesus and his power toward us. And um, we'll start reading in um, verse 15 of chapter 1. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you remembering you in my prayers i keep asking that the god of our lord jesus christ the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better who wants to know him a little better i pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Somebody say, I got a hope. I got a hope. Mine's better. Say, mine's better. mine's better. I got a hope. He says, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. That's y'all, by the way. We're rich and we want to see the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And thirdly, and his incomparably great power toward us who believe. Now listen, verse 19b, that power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Same power. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Look at chapter two and verse one. As for you, somebody say, uh-oh. Uh-oh, oh, I didn't know we were talking about me today. Yeah, yeah. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. Isn't that funny? You were dead in the things in which you used to live. When you followed the ways of this world in of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But, somebody say, but. But. That's one of my favorite buts. (laughs) But. in Christ Jesus. Now check it out, he's just showing off, because check this out. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. God, we thank you for the good news. We thank you that you have done the humanly impossible. God, we thank you that in the life and death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus, we get a glimpse into the truth of who you are. We get to know you better. God, we thank you that we get to experience for ourselves the transformative power of your great might. And God, I pray that we would experience a little bit more of a revelation of it this morning. God, open our eyes to see. Give us ears to hear your voice. God, I pray especially for those who may know some things about you this morning but don't know you, that they would experience this life-giving truth about Jesus, that the wind of your spirit would blow through this room and that dead hearts would come to life and be raised up and seated in the heavenly realms in Jesus Christ. God, do more than we could ask or imagine in the little bit of time we have together. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen. 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 Easter, obviously, is one of my favorite times of the year and one of the, the... The joys of Easter is the family photos. And this past week, I went back and found all of the years of family photos and the development of our family, uh, even pre-kids. And I made a little uh, folder in my phone of all of those pictures of the kids. And it's crazy to see how they've grown. I already saw some kids here this morning who I remember seeing when they were small and I was shocked to see how they have grown in my absence. Do you guys realize that you were made by God and for God? that every human being on the planet was created in the image of God and is a child of God. And it's a miracle that any person comes to know God through Jesus for who he truly is. It's a miracle of God himself. The scriptures reveal to us that The true knowledge of God has been lost and sin has separated every human being from God. And the only reason there are Jesus worshipers in the room this morning is because of what God has done. And that finds its highlight and focus in the resurrection of Jesus. Now we hope some of you came to church today because you wanted a free photo. And we hope some of you came to church today because it's a family tradition. And we hope some of you came to church today because it's Easter and that's what you do. (laughs) but whatever got you here what we hope is that you come to hear and believe the truth about who god is and who you are to him do you know that you come to get a glimpse of his great love and what he has done to to rescue you back from the spiritual dead and to bring you into his family, to make you a part of his very body, and to continually blow your mind with new experiences of his incomparably great power. Listen, I I turned 40 last year. I turned 40 last year and I have only known the power of God more and more and more every single year. It never gets old. It never comes to an end. There is always more for you to experience. If you are breathing, he's got more for you. Do you know it? Yes. People asked me before, if you could go back and be any age again, what age you would be? I say, I wouldn't go back. It's terrible back there. I'm happy right where I am and I'm grateful it's getting better all the time. And the only reason for that is because of Jesus. And so I wanna just look briefly at this section of the letter to the Ephesians. I love in chapter one and verse 15, that it starts with a relentless prayer, a relentless prayer. Now the apostle Paul is obviously his pay grades above mine, but he's a pastor, not unlike me. And he's writing to a church, not unlike you. And he says, for this reason, because I've heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, miracle number one, and your love for all God's people. That's miracle number two. Have you met God's people? (laughs) because I've heard a testimony of your faith and your love. I have not stopped giving thanks for you and remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking, you hear that? Relentless prayer. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father may give you the spirit. You see Paul's Trinitarian understanding of God? The Lord Jesus Christ, his glorious father and his spirit that is of wisdom and revelation for this reason, that you may know him better because the more you know God, the better everything gets. Do you realize it? Thank you for saying yes. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know and he lists three things. The hope to which he has called you. Some of you don't know how good you have it. Some of you are happy with what you've got so far. Oh, there's so much more. There's a hope beyond hope. Listen, I don't know what kind of dark situation you got, You know, the one you didn't bring to church, (laughs) the one you're not talking about. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you this. There's hope beyond that. Do you know that? There's hope beyond that. And God wants you to experience it. There's so much more in store. He wants you to know the hope to which he has called you because it's resurrection hope. Do you realize that? It's resurrection hope. The hope we have means we have hope beyond death. Do you guys know you can't outrun death, but because of Jesus, you can outlive it. Yes. And that's the hope we've got right here. And so the Apostle Paul's praying and we're praying. Our whole church is praying. Some of you are here and you haven't been here before. You haven't been here in a while. We are praying, we are praying for you. We've been conspiring to get you in here because we want you to know God's love. We want you to, we want to give testimony to the miracle that he's done in our own lives. We want you to be a part of the family. And we've been putting our money where our mouth is. We know this is, get, this is our fullest Easter we'll ever have. And we have put together like a million bucks so that we can build a bigger sanctuary to fit more people and to minister to more families and to reach more of those people that God made and who were separated from him. Do you realize this? And so we are as relentlessly praying. You might be here because your mom has been praying. Your grandma has been praying. You may have an uncle somebody praying for you. Somebody somewhere has been saying your name out loud to God. And well, here you are. And so we add our relentless prayers to paul we want you to know the hope to which he has called you to the second we want you to know the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people man i'll tell you what church of jesus gets a bad rap and you know sometimes we're trouble i get it i get it. everybody's got that bad church experience but god loves people and it doesn't mean we're perfect but it does mean we're forgiven We're being perfected. God's at work in us. He's changing us to be more like his son. And if we're doing this thing right, where we're walking and following him, then there's something really beautiful to be seen and experienced. And I've never been happier as a Christian to have a family like my church family. I've never once felt as at home and supported and encouraged and cared for and loved as I do right now. And I want you to experience the same thing. The last thing that this relentless prayer is for is that you would come to know his incomparably great power for us who believe. Do you know you have untapped power inside of you? Do you know that? Do you know that? Some of you don't realize what you got going on, on the inside of you. Some of you need to start a new hobby, try a new thing, and you'd be like, "Ooh, I surprised myself. I came out better than I thought but there's a power inside of you that actually can transform you. The things you thought you'd never break free from, that you'd never get over, that you'd never stop doing, the destructive patterns that have ruined relationships, that have left you feeling guilty and shame, God's given you power over it. And he wants you to experience that. And the more you get to know him, the more you'll experience that power. My question then is, do you believe? The offer is believe and live. My question is, do you believe? Believe in what? I love that um, verse 19 kind of B starts to explain this incomparably great power. Look at it with me. This relentless prayer gives way to a resurrection power. Look at this. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. In Romans 8, Paul would say, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. It's just right, same power right down inside of you. That means, this is why you don't have to be afraid of death either. Do you know that? Because that power, death can't stop it. And when you, when you hear God's voice and the time comes, I'm back. That's the power. It's the power he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and, check this out, seated him. You know, Christ just didn't get raised and walk around and hang out and still here. He's seated in the throne of power at the right hand of God. He is ruling and reigning over all things. Everybody reports to him. Do you realize this? This is the reality that we live in as the Christian church. We are are dual citizens of earth, of America, and of heaven. Do you realize that? And all the people you vote for, they're going to give an account to King Jesus. And so will you. And all those tyrants and warmongers, uh, they're going to stand before the Lord of hosts and give an account for what they did with their positions of power. All people will because he is seated at the right hand of him. And the reality is, is that we are seated with him which means you have far more authority and power to do everything God's made you to do than you have ever realized. And the more you get to know him and experience the power that he worked when he raised Jesus from the dead, the more you will come to walk in it and experience it. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, he goes on and on and on. Not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed under his feet all things and appointed him to be head over the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. God's getting his fingers into every part of the world. You know, there's nowhere there's not the people of God. Nowhere there's not the testimony of Jesus. There's nowhere the gospel is not being shared. You can't keep it out of prisons. You can't keep it out of countries. You can't keep it out. of. You can't keep the gospel from anywhere on the planet because Jesus is filling up with the fullness of everything he's doing. And we are a part of that thing, amen so we got resurrection power and we need we need a resurrection king brothers and sisters we need a shepherd king we need a king who is selfless enough to lay down his life for us and powerful enough to take it back up again you know jesus said crazy things i love when people try to tell me he was a teacher i'm like i know some teachers jesus was not just a teacher jesus said i have authority to lay down my life and authority to take it up again i, I cannot even rouse myself from a good nap I'll be honest. I'm gonna go home today. I'm gonna to eat some lunch and ah, uh, I, will, I will not even snore myself awake. Jesus said, Sunday morning, it's my, t- it's my time. You know, Jesus did not need the angel to roll away that stone. Remember how Jesus was walking through walls and stuff, right in the story afterward? You're like, whoa, well, 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 what's with the stone? That was rolled away so the women could see. Jesus wasn't in there. He didn't need that stone. We don't know what he was doing before they got there. He could've been peeking around the corner watching. This is going to be good. Let's get this. Got the centurions all, oh, you know. We got resurrection power. We got a resurrected king. I wonder, I wonder if you know it. Do you believe it? Have you received it? Is it yours? Do you experience it? Has it changed your life? Or is it just news you've heard? Because it's all part of God's rescue plan, which is the last section here. And this is when Paul gets personal. As for you, can we not talk about me? Can we, can we just talk about Jesus? No, no, no. Let's talk about you for a second. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. Isn't that funny? Remember where you used to live when you were dead? Because the Apostle Paul is talking about two different kinds of life. He's talking about physical life. That's where you used to live. But he's also talking about spiritual life, and that is where you used to be dead because you didn't used to have a life unto God. You didn't receive life from God. You didn't receive messages from God, direction from God, power from God. You didn't have a perspective that was, you didn't have resurrection goggles to see the world because you were dead spiritually. You were alive physically, but you were dead spiritually. And this means that you had a big old God-shaped hole in your heart and you were living your life trying to find a way to fill it. You were trying to try to fill it with success, good looks, attention, popularity, whatever it was, security, acceptance, a meaningful life. We go chasing all of these things. And I tell you what, you could be be a homeless meth addict living in a cardboard box, picking your skin on death's door and be dead in sin. Or you could be a billionaire, successful, um, uh, you could be Elon Musk. You could have all the life you can imagine. I guarantee you, without the life that Jesus gives, you are nothing but a broken, empty person on the inside. Listen, the things you fill up with may be different. Maybe poison in your veins, or it might be money in your bank account, but none of those things will give life. But Jesus will. And He came and He, he found us when we were dead. He said, You remember when you used to live? You, you followed the ways of the world. We got to remember this, brothers and sisters. I got so many Christians getting all outraged about the way people are acting. They're just going along with false narrative. They're just, they're just mindless little zombies going along. And what is going on? And, well, we all were like that. Don't you remember? Because we didn't have anything going on in, on the inside. And so we just went with what made the most sense. And there's all kinds of sides to this. We'll find little groups of people to dizzy you in and get you cooped up with. We'll find your tribe and we'll lead you astray in a different direction. We don't care. The enemy doesn't care how you end up in death. He doesn't care what route you take to get there as long as you're following the ways of the world. And so you're just going to find a stream of consciousness. I don't know if you came from a dead left or a dead right, but you're both dead. (laughs) Do you realize it? He said, this is the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit that's now at work in, this, in those who are disobedient. Everybody's doing wrong things. It's because they're dead and they're led. Do you realize that? Just being, okay, follow me. <laughs> but it actually gets worse. All of us used to live among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. You know... I used to read that and think, um, well, I'm not all bad. You guys ever think that? You ever read that? And you're like gratifying the desires of the flesh. Like you should see all the things I don't do. You know? Can we be honest for a second? You guys ever had that thought? You're like, I send my mom a Mother's Day card and I pay it forward in the McDonald's drive-thru. Like, come on. I'm like, I'm not a total creep here. The reality though, is that without the life that God gives, because of that God-shaped hole, because you were made for him, all of us are really experiencing an inner turmoil, a battle on the inside, a raging battle against competing desires. Isn't it crazy all the things we want that are completely contrary to each other? Isn't it crazy that people want acceptance and faithfulness from a spouse and they still cheat? How can you want both of those two things? What are you doing? Well, people are navigating complex, competing desires. Why? Because we're dead. There is no source of life. And so we're all mixed up. And we're following appetites that lead us to destructive behaviors and we're trying to do all kinds of things and manipulate and lie and cheat and control and yell. And we're we're trying to make it work, but we are a mess on the inside. And this is what the Apostle Paul is talking about. Am I talking about you right now? Some of you are looking down. (laughs) Not me, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And because of this kind of behavior, lives are ruined. Marriages are ruined, families are destroyed, hearts are broken. And you know, God is not impersonal about it. He is not like some big God supercomputer running an algorithm with the people and deciding when's the perfect time to come back for maximum impact. Do you realize that? Because God is a person. Look at, look at the way this ends. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. I hear people say, preachers say things like, God is not angry. Well, he's not angry if you're in Christ. But you're a person, you realize you're made in God's image. You're a person because God's personal. And you get irate because you have a judgment about what's right and wrong. And when you see wrong things, it makes you angry, does it not? You ever driving along with your four kids in your minivan and somebody in in a Mustang GT flies past you at 100 miles an hour, runs a red light? And you get that little burn on the inside? That's called wrath. And you know it's rough because it's vindicated when four blocks up the road, they're pulled over by the police. And you're like, ha yes, you get what you deserve. Endangering my children, passersby, and dogs. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You know that internal sense of justice, right and wrong and anger? Those things come to you via God because he's that way. And when he looks into a world filled with violence and abuse and objectification and anger and... The, the, he, he, gets, he, feels, he feels animosity and, and wrath. And we're all heading towards that. Do you realize that? In our brokenness. Now, the good news is not that you can get smart and figure it out and stop and make God happy. The good news is that while all of us would have ended up in death, God intervened. That's the good news. The good news is all of us were not only dead and led, but we were facing the dread that is ahead. That's where we were going. <laughs> You like that? That first service didn't like that so (laughs) much. So you guys like my middle school rhyming? No? Verse four, this is God's rescue plan. It wasn't all bad. Here's the good news. But because of his great love for us, God did something. God who is rich in mercy, he made us alive with Christ. Do you know when Jesus took a breath, and his body was resurrected on Easter morning 2,000 years ago, your life began as well. Do you know that's the origin point of your spiritual life? You are so inextricably tied to Jesus, joined with him by faith that his life is your life, that his exaltation is your exaltation, that his power is your power. Do you know it? And if you don't, will you believe it and live? This is what the resurrection is all about. It's about God fulfilling his rescue plan. And it didn't happen the day you prayed a prayer, walked forward in a meeting or got down on your knees in your bedroom. It started when Jesus took a breath after being victorious over death and the grave and the enemy. That's where your life is. You were raised with him and seated with him. God made us alive together even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, Not, not anything you did. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. I love that Paul tells us what God is like. God is more imaginably loving than you can imagine. You can't even comprehend it. He's gonna pray in chapter three. I pray that you have strength in your inner being to comprehend the love of God, to to get your head around its dimensions, its height and depth and breadth and width. And more than that, to, to know it for yourself. He says, you're gonna need strength in your knees to experience God's love. And I want you to know it more and more. I want you to know him more and more. I want you to experience that power. This is who he is. And this is why he devised this rescue plan for you. And he's rich in mercy. Listen, I got friends. I've tried to get my friends to come to church, especially on Easter. I'll use anything Catholic guilt, Irish guilt, Greek guilt, Italian guilt, all the ethnic guilts. So I'll use them all. <laughs> How long has it been since you've been in church? Ah, uh, and they'll say things to me like, I don't want to go because if I go, the building will burn down or fall down or lightning will hit it or something, you know? <laughs> Sometimes I want to be like, you think you're that important that God would take you out in church? Like, there's a lot of other places he could take you out. (laughs) I'm like, if anything, I would feel kind of safer in here with us than some of the places you go. I don't say that, of course, but that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) And I try to get people to come in. But listen, the reason everybody's welcome is because God is rich in mercy. All of us need mercy. Listen, some of us need a little bit more than others, but we all need mercy. And God is rich in mercy, plentiful in mercy. God... God is exorbitant, lavish, I mean, prodigal. God's got mercy for days. Silly, crazy, extreme, ridiculous mercy. You can't tap the end of it. It's it's nonsensical, preposterous. Inordinate amounts of mercy ready for you. Will you come and receive it? Will you believe him and live? And he did this in order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Listen, God's just showing off. Do you realize that? God wants to take your mess and go, watch what I can do with this. Seriously, he's like, "Hey, Devil, hold my beer. Check this out, right? Watch what I can do with this mess of a life, this mess of a marriage, this mess of a situation. Watch my power transform when I bring dead things to life. When I, when I infuse a situation with hope beyond hope. Watch what I can do. And he's going to do that for the for ages to come. And he's going to do it in Christ Jesus, who is raised in the substance of our hope." So I wonder, will you believe it and will you live? I wanna close with the passage most of you, or if not all of you know, John John 3.16. You guys know it, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever, somebody say whoever real loud. That's you I'm talking about, believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Right after that it said, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Jesus came to save us, not to judge us. The judgment's coming. And because God wants everyone rescued, that's why he's waiting. Do you realize this? Do you realize the reason he hadn't come back yet is because he wants more people rescued. That's what he's waiting on. He is coming and the judgment is coming. And we need that because everyone's gonna give an account. God's gonna be just and fair in all situations. But Jesus came that in order that the world might be saved through him. Now, this was John's commentary on an interaction that Jesus had in John chapter three with a Pharisee named Nicodemus, who came to Jesus under the cover of darkness for fear of his peers. And so he knew something was going on with Jesus and he wanted more information, but he couldn't be, he couldn't be connected with Jesus publicly. And so he comes under the cover of darkness. It was the first episode of Nick at Night. So, so, so Nicodemus shows up to Jesus and he says, he says, teacher, he says, we know you are from God because of the signs that you do. And so he's given him the title of teacher, and he's saying, We know you're from from God. So he's showing him respect and, and we know you're from God because you do, you do these do these do these things, things that no one could do. So Jesus starts to teach him. He gives him a little lesson. He goes, Oh, I'm the teacher? Okay. All right. Um, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. I say, What? Nicodemus? What? What are you talking about? And he trusted. to, like, imagine, what, what, is, what are you talking about? And I had experience like this yesterday. We had the big uh, fa- family fun day out there on the lawn. And uh, we got bounce house for the, for the like, middle school students and one for like, the little guys. And the little guys, one had a little hole that you got into about the size of a doggy door. And um, about the three hours in, my son was in there. He jumped and he twisted his knee. And I heard that, that, that scream. You know that scream that you know something's wrong? You know there's the scream you're like, ah, they're fine. But when you're a parent you know like oh that's a bad one and so i ran to his rescue and i jumped in that bounce house and i scooped him up and i looked at his knee and i I calmed him down and i was so fixated on helping him that i didn't really realize what i got myself into until i went to leave (laughs) and so i'm standing in this bounce house and i'm looking at this door that's like a square foot (laughs) my first thought was how did i get in here And this is like the end of the day too, so it was like dirty and sweaty and smelly and hot in there. So I'm holding my son and I'm looking like, how am I gonna get out of here? I wonder if that's what Nicodemus was picturing. He's thinking like, what what did you, what what exactly do you have in mind? And and uh, Jesus says like, you're you're the teacher of Israel. You don't know these things. You're supposed to get how this works. He says, "Um, we don't see where the wind comes from or where it goes, but we can tell when it's here. You got to be born of the Spirit you got to come alive. You know, you didn't have anything to do with your natural birth. Some other people did, but you did not. (laughs) But you, at some point, came to be aware that you were alive. And the same thing is true spiritually. The Holy Spirit moves. When the good news about Jesus, the truth about God is, is shared, whether it's in a sermon or across the table at a coffee shop or opened from a book in your bedroom by yourself, when that good news makes its home in your heart, the wind of the Spirit blows. And you... Come alive and I believe that is happening right now maybe right in this room maybe streaming online I know it's happening all over this country because everyone's talking about the risen Jesus right now and people who need hope are finding themselves hearing about it and it's God's rescue plan and there's been people relentlessly praying for you and there's resurrection power that's available to you the question is will you receive it listen none of us are so smart that we're like I thought it through this is a good idea I'm I'm gonna take you up on this offer Jesus yeah 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 where do I sign Yeah, no. It doesn't work like that. It's more that you suddenly recognize that this is the truest thing you've ever heard. And it makes sense of all of the feelings you've ever felt. And it's a promise to clear up all the problems you've ever created. And it's hope beyond a death you know is coming. And if you're finding yourself knowing that that's true right now, the wind of the Spirit is moving. And I'm inviting you to believe and live. Amen. Amen? Let me pray for us. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? And if if that's you, if you're right here right now and God's reading your mail and you're feeling his presence and you know this is true and this is what God wants you to believe, right now put your trust in and live. Would you be so bold as just to shoot your hand up real fast so I can see it? Just, just raise your hand. That's you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, I thank you that you have made us personal like you, that, that you take us at our word and we take you at yours. And I thank you that it's not just an intellectual assent to the truth of the facts, God, but our belief in you, our trust in Jesus is relational. God, we thank you that your Holy Spirit opens our ears to hear and our eyes to see and that you give life, that you make us alive together with Christ and you seat us in the heavenly places. And I pray, God, that each of us would continue to walk in the reality of who we are in Jesus, Lord, that we would come to know more and more your incomparably great power that is toward us who believe. God, that as even those who have just put their faith in you, maybe for the first time they're taking that step. God, I thank you that you have breathed life into them and they've given them a hope beyond death, a life forever and a part of your family. God, as we respond now, I just pray that this, the words of the song would just wash over us, that we would be overwhelmed by your love for us and the hope that we have in Jesus. It's in His mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen, amen. Let's stand.